You're listening to the Harvest Christian Fellowship Weekend Message Podcast. To learn more about our community, like what we believe and how you can take a next step, visit us online at hcfcornwall.ca or join us for one of our services this weekend, Sunday mornings at 9.15 or 11 here at 847 York Street. goodness I don't get tired of watching that I saw that video some seven years ago and knew I was going to share on healing today and track down the original video and uh, thank you to Lou from uh, Oshawa Community Church where Pastor Frank Satius and Christine pastor she actually is, is visiting that's her niece uh, in uh, Brazil this past couple of weeks and she made the effort to find, uh, get to the city where her niece was to video that for us today so that you could see that she's not in a wheelchair. The doctors were wrong and uh, as she's worshiping God as a worshiper. Go ahead and give thanks to the Lord. Thank you, Lou, for providing that and Deborah for sharing your story with us. Wow. If you're online, I hope that was as impactful for you as it was for us in the room today. Uh, Last week, I explained that uh, when it comes to healing, oftentimes the Lord will use the word of knowledge as a gift of the Holy Spirit that's listed in in the uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 12, 13, and 14. And when a condition gets called out, we believe God reveals it so that you have faith uh, to receive your healing. You don't need to receive prayer. Um, If you hear a condition called out, that really is to stir your faith to say, that's me. It's crazy how many times I've called a condition out, and then I'll have somebody come to me after the service and go, I think that was me. And I go, why do you think so? And then they tell me exactly the condition. I go, I don't think that could have been described any clearer. It's, it's funny sometimes, you know, we think it's somebody else. You know, there must be somebody else with the exact same condition <laughs> as me. No. <laughs> um, I was in a meeting a number of years ago where the Word of Knowledge uh, gift was operating really at a high level. I hadn't seen it operate that way before. In fact, the gentleman that was ministering uh, was receiving first names. And uh, my name was one of the ones in a room of over a 1,000 people. He said, I think there's a Roy here. Roy, where's Roy? Nobody was putting up their hand. And, and uh, I'm thinking there's probably a bunch of Roys, you know. And, uh, and I see Chris at your side. Are, are you here? And I'm thinking, okay, Roy and Chris at your side. It's probably not me. And uh, it's just funny how we do that. Uh, and so last week, uh, diverticulitis and a dear sister said, you know, I suffer with that. And I go, well, stop suffering with that and receive your healing. God called that out. He reveals it so he can heal it. We see this uh, throughout the scriptures and in experience. I felt like today, uh, I don't know if it's someone online or someone in the room, uh, but a liver condition. In fact, I heard the word hepatitis. Uh, I think there's been some damage done to a liver. God wants to heal that today. If that's you today, if you're in the room, anybody in the room with liver condition, um, can I just see your hand if that is you? Uh, I want to know. Just We want to step up our faith and Anybody? No? Okay. Uh, Then online, if that's you, would you check in the box today and say, I've got uh, a liver condition that I believe God's healing right now. Let's just pray. Father, we thank you for this powerful uh, video story uh, that you are healing today. You're healing powerfully. That's a powerful miracle. Lord, we thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. We're going to be talking uh, over... The next little while, uh, we have uh, what we're calling family, uh, family week next week, and 
Then we're going to resume our series on retrofitting uh, faith. Uh, so today's really Retrofit Your Faith, part four, Retrofit Your Faith for Healing. I'm going to introduce some ideas, and I can't cover healing uh, in a Sunday uh, in one lesson, um, and I really feel that we're to take some time uh, to do this. I'm going to talk to you about retrofitting your prayer life, retrofitting your finances. We're going to be doing this for a little while, and uh, I just sense God in the season, sense God in this. I hope you're feeling that too. And uh, Acts chapter 4 verse 33. By the way, uh, that was Pastor Danny Bonilla. He just uh, passed away uh, last week or a week ago after before that. And uh, he uh, was ministering at a church where he contracted COVID. He had some pre-existing symptoms um, or conditions that predisposed him to a, a hard battle uh, with COVID. We're not only going to be talking about miracles, but the mystery of how come some people don't get healed. We'll be talking about that. We need to talk about it a little bit. Uh, we're not going to talk about it a whole lot because I use the word mystery. Say mystery. I'm going to show you why it's a mystery and why we shouldn't in our human reason, reasoning come up with ideas. And even there are theological premises out there as to why God doesn't heal today or why he doesn't heal everybody. And, uh, and we'll, we'll, we'll cover some of that. It, Pastor Danny's one of those miracles. One minute he's pulling people. And that, that's one of literally thousands of miracles uh, that Pastor Danny and his wife, Giselle, and uh, they're a friend of this house. They imprinted this church. Their prophetic words launched us when we uh, started. We're living in the overflow of prophetic word that, uh, in the fulfillment that Pastor Danny and Giselle prophesied over us. So those that have been here for some time and those names are familiar to you, just pray for Giselle. Very difficult time, of course and her life. All right, Acts chapter 4, verse 33, and with great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord, and great grace was upon them all. I love this scripture. Could you feel the grace in that room as we were watching? Did you feel the grace? Did you feel the power? Did you see the grace? Yeah, did you see the power? Yeah, and so it's not just a feeling, but we evidence, there's an evidence, and it says that in the early church that the apostles gave witness to the resurrection. I think we witness that Jesus is alive. Jesus is not dead. How could he be? He just lifted that girl out of that wheelchair. Doctors told her she would never walk again. Jesus said, no, I have a change of plans. And when Jesus has a change of plans, then it is evidence that he has risen from the dead. If the same spirit that raised Christ from the dead dwell in you. And so we see a witness there, Pastor Danny brought. We could see the grace and we could see the power and uh, as that healing uh, manifested itself. Exodus chapter 33. Let's read it again. Then he said to him, Moses speaking to God, if your presence does not go with us, do not bring us up from here, for how will they know that your people and I have found grace, found grace in your sight, except that you go with us? So we shall be separate, your people and I, from the people who are upon the face of the earth. This was our kind of our starting verse, and I want to go back to it. I want you to see some more things here. Remember Moses said it's non-negotiable. We're saying it's non-negotiable. We're not moving forward unless God's presence goes with us. We're not negotiating with God. <laughs> this isn't a negotiation with God. This is a declaration that what's non-negotiable is we refuse to do church 
on our own. We refuse to do church in a way that we don't acknowledge the power of the risen Christ in the person of the Holy Spirit who's alive and well today in his church, who met them in the upper room, who's in our services each and every Sunday, and we're saying we're not going to do church without the Holy Spirit's presence in our midst. Can I hear? Uh, Amen. And I appreciate a church that's following and tracking and wants this. And wow, did you guys ever jump into worship today? And wow, thank you, worship team, for leading us just so powerfully in the presence of God today. And so Moses is saying, we're not doing this. We recognize how dependent we are on the God's power. Then Moses asks this question. He asks the question, how will it be known? Now before how, what will be known... I want you to see the audience of who it will be known to. How will it be known? So let's figure out the who is the how will it be known. Who's going to know? We'll find out what they're going to know. But who first? Who? Say who. He makes it clear how will it be known to the people of the earth that don't know your presence? How will it be known to them that we have found grace? Now, you and I have found grace. We have found grace. We have found the person and the work of Jesus. We're not asking the question. You and I are not asking the question, um, how, you know, the, how do I know? How do I know? I know every time I come into the presence of God. I have been made aware of the grace of God. I don't deserve it. I can't earn it. But I possess it, and I'm thankful for it. Moses says... How will it be known by the people who haven't experienced grace yet unless they experience your presence? And so in the presence of God, there is a manifestation of the, the, the reality of his grace to a people who've never experienced it. And the key is that unless we're demonstrating the power and the great grace, great power, great grace was on the early church, the scriptures are clear that God's intention, that as the ages were unfolding, as we get closer to the end of the age, the grace would get greater and the power would get greater on God's people. For the purpose of showing people who don't know God his presence, his great power, and his great grace. Are you tracking with me? We're talking about healing today, retrofitting our faith for healing. We use the word salvation to describe the work that Jesus did on the cross. We would say things like he saved us from our sin. And we need to understand that Jesus saved us from the consequences of sin, and the consequences were we were eternally separated from God. We had turned, every person is born with their back turned away from God, moving away from God. Until we repent, which is a simple word that simply means we change our minds, something we, we've, we've experienced the invitation of the Holy Spirit to a life, uh, a life of eternal life, and we repent, we change our mind, we change our direction, and we, we, we go in the direction of God. We understand, most of us understand that as you're watching today, we understand, if you say, you know, what did he save me from? He saved me from the eternal consequence of being eternally separated, in other words, going to hell. And so it becomes predominantly when you talk to people about Jesus saving our soul, <laughs> that we're saved from hell, we're going to heaven. And I want to push on that a little bit today 
because that's really not good theology. The church focused on that for centuries and has focused on it for centuries because the the focus was Jesus saving our souls. And if you kind of look at, you know, I, I like to watch uh, Western movies and, you know, as America was being forged out and the uh, preachers uh, that were moving across America were declaring, you know, a fire and brimstone kind of a message to counter all of the, you know, uh, atrocities and, and uh, just lawlessness that was in the Wild West and the forging of America. But it kind of got this, this idea that salvation is just something in the future, heaven or hell, and that Jesus secured your ticket to heaven. And so, so many years, this was the main thing. And then when you became, this was the main thing about salvation. And when you got saved, you get the main thing, and then maybe some extras along the way. If God's good to you, you pray enough, read your Bible enough, whatever enough, that God uh, we'll give you some of the extras. You get some extras. Say extras. Now, this is still alive and well in the church today, not in our church, but I have to keep pushing on this so that it doesn't infiltrate, and this is part of retrofitting our faith. We're going to be clear about what the Scriptures say. A number of years ago, I was uh, on my first staff position in Oshawa, Ontario, at a church called Trinity. I grew up in the Pentecostal Assemblies of Canada. That's my heritage. I love it a lot. And that was uh, the context of my first staff position. And I remember we were teaching as a pastoral staff, and I'm a brand-new preacher, and, and uh, got to preach uh, on Sunday nights. And, and uh, we were kind of talking about the power and the work of the Holy Spirit, which in a church that has its root system in traditional Pentecostalism, which is the distinctive of the Holy Spirit, you would think that would be an easy message. But in a movement that was coming up on a, a hundredth year of celebrating that truth, and as we were teaching that, this older gentleman came and took us aside after a service, and he said, you know, you're putting a lot of emphasis on the, this extra stuff. Extra stuff? It's about Jesus dying on the cross for people's sins. I agree. And people are going to heaven. I agree. He said all of this extra stuff about healing and the work of the Holy Spirit, it's like strawberry pie. I said, strawberry pie? I'm thinking strawberry pie is really good, especially if you mix it with a little rhubarb, man. It's awesome. <laughs> so I'm thinking, and he goes, it's like strawberry pie. You don't have it all the time. It's a special treat once in a while. I remember that day I determined something happened in my spirit, and I, think, I said, I think I'm hanging around with the wrong people because <laughs> I don't know if the strawberry pie fits the analogy. All I know is Jesus bought something on the cross, and it's more than just my trip to heaven. There is something that was purchased called salvation. The word in the Greek is sozo, uh, and Bethel has kind of made that famous by their sozo sessions, and they're just it's kind of being a renewed word. It's a Greek word that just means that he he didn't just save our souls from sin. He saved our bodies from sickness. He saved our minds from the torment of the evil one. Jesus paid for it all. There is a receipt that says, paid in full. Somebody say. Amen. It's not extra. It's not extra. And so this teaching that it's extra became a major and is a major block. If you have any church background, if you're new to Jesus, you got no blocks. We're not going to let you, we're not going to teach blocks here. We're going to teach the what we call the full gospel, the entire good news message. 
But for many people, especially if you have a family lineage in church, there's an understanding it's extra. It's extra. I uh, just found out that there's a road being built in the adjacent, my adjacent. I have a, a lot line that's a lot, my longest lot line in my home is adjacent to uh, a piece of property that the city owns, the city of Cornwall, and it's going to be a road, and cars are going to be driving in my backyard, and I'm so thrilled about it. Like, I'm really just excited about it, and I just thought this is the best deal ever, and that's sarcasm in case you're not following my story. And uh, I'm just not happy with it at all, actually, and I'm thinking about the expensive fence I'm going to have to buy to maintain this beautiful piece of, uh, of privacy that the Lord has given us in our home. And, but fun fact, as I'm examining uh, my property lines um, and, and then considering everything that's happening, uh, I, I have a fence. The fence is in, we, you know, when I say I, it's the collective we of those that live in our home. And, um, and so this fence that, that is around our property. And uh, we live inside the fence. Anybody else have a fence yard? Just wave at me. Let me know you're here online. Say, I got a fence. Um, and, uh, and so you got a fence, and you live inside the fence. It marks your property lines. Well, we've been living inside of our fence. And I studied, important word, the city plan. And the property lines are different than my fence lines. And I investigated the property. Those are two words that are Easter egg words. Studied, investigated. And I found that the property stake, I found it, actually is way beyond my fence line. That I own property that is outside of my fence. And I was trying to figure out why they did it that way. And I realized there's a lot of trees in that section, a lot of trees. And somebody got lazy and said, we're not fencing around the trees. It's easier. It's easier. It's easier just put the fence inside here where it's easy to put in a fence. We're not going to contend for that little piece of property. We're going to put the fence here. Well, I need you to know that I'm not that guy, and I'll be moving the fence because I don't want the new, the new, it's actually a new subdivision going in. People coming over and say, hey, look at this little scrap piece of property nobody's taking care of. I'm just going to squat on it and throw my leaves and my grass clippings and everything else on there. No, I will have a fence up there, even if I have to go around the trees, through the trees, up and over the trees. I don't care. That's my, I got a deed that says, that the bank right now, because I have a little mortgage, that that belongs to Roy Stevenson. Are you tracking with my story this morning? All right. The first 10 years at Harvest, we didn't see a lot of people come to Jesus. We saw people come to Harvest, and most of them, if not all of them, uh, were not, they weren't unchurched people. They were people who had church background or Christianity background. They may have renewed their faith, but really they knew about Jesus and switched churches. And that's not a bad thing, uh, but that's what, it's just an observation, and I'm, I'm bringing context to where I'm going today. So we were just not seeing unchurched people come to harvest. And I got to the place where I realized with the team here, I'm not cool with this. I don't like it. It stinks. Um, there's a problem. With this, and so we went after it about five years ago. By the way, seven years ago this weekend, our furnace blew up. 
forcing us downstairs, and that's a whole story if you don't know the story. Thank you for those that are already contributing uh, to that blown-up furnace that was installed incorrectly <laughs> um, and was tagged by the authorities and is now going to cost our church 300000 and climbing uh, to replace. And this mild weather is for, from Jesus so that they can get it installed. It's almost finished, and it won't feel different. It'll still feel warm in here in the winter. We won't lose our building because it won't freeze, but it's going to cost a lot of money. <laughs> And for those that have been contributing already, thank you. You can do that online. And uh, we so appreciate that. And we're believing for a financial miracle. Say miracle. So we don't have to go into debt and get all kind of bogged down with that. But there's something going on in the timing. Because seven years ago, it kind of marked. And five years ago, pronounced when we came back upstairs. We were going after people finding Jesus. We were tired of the stories. It's too hard in Cornwall. Let's just fence it in a little closer. There's too many roots and trees, and let's just settle for something. Less. We weren't buying that anymore. Or the people don't want to get saved. I wasn't buying that nonsense anymore, and I couldn't find it in the Bible. In fact, the Bible said, whosoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. The Bible also says that it's God's will that none should perish. And so we decided to start living in the context of what the Bible said, and that was our property lines, and we rearranged some fences when it came to how we were going to declare the good news of the gospel that Jesus loves you and his grace is for you and you can have eternal life starting today. And literally hundreds of people have come to Jesus in these years and been water baptized and are part of Harvest. Would you put your hands together and just thank the Lord? Hundreds of people. We went after it. And I want to applaud you as a church for because we've taken some heat. We've had people standing at our front door and side door entrances passing out flyers saying, this isn't godly what you do at harvest. And we're like, well, go back to wherever you came from. Uh, we know uh, that we've heard from God and, and that we, we're enjoying the fruit of what God is doing. And we're not going to stop. We're just starting. We're going to go after it. I believe that there is so much more for, to go us, to, for us to go after. And we need to study and investigate, and we need to move some fences when it comes to healing. Oh, okay. Let me try that again. I'll just try that again. I think we need to continue studying and investigating because there's property that's ours in Jesus Christ, and we need to move some fences. They may be hard to move. They may, it may be difficult work, but just like we went after people getting saved, I think as a church, I'm, 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 I'm declaring, I'm not, I, I'm not asking your permission. <laughs> I'm telling you as a leader and, the, and, and as somebody, I know you agree, but I'm more declaring we're going to study and investigate and preach about it and teach about it and demonstrate great grace and great power. It's time to move some fences and live on the inside of healing and not visit it once in a while or see a great video once in a while, but on our property lines here in Cornwall that it becomes a common occurrence that healing is happening in our midst. I knew I was preaching the right people. Retrofit your faith for healing. Because quite candidly, well, I'll get there. Isaiah 53, surely he took up our pain and bore our suffering. And I've heard people say, well, that's the, that's the pain and suffering that sin causes. That's true, except you actually do the scripture in injustice if you, again, the roadblocks down through the centuries of emphasizing saving our souls. Sickness is to your body what sin is to your soul. 
torment of the mind, demonic torment of the mind is that is it's they're, 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 Jesus died for the body, soul, and the spirit. He took up our pain and bore our suffering, literally our pain and sickness. You cannot interpret it any other way, and I'll prove it to you. He was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds we are healed. The prophet Isaiah, hundreds of years before Jesus came on the earth. Enter Jesus on the earth hundreds of years later, Matthew 8, verse 16. When evening came on a very cool day, Many who were demon-possessed, torment of the mind, were brought to him, and he drove out the spirits with a word, and he healed all the sick bodies. This was to fulfill what was spoken through the prophet Isaiah, and he quotes it. He took up our infirmities, but puts the proper translation on the English words. He took up our infirmities and bore our diseases. Jesus paid the price for healing on the cross. We have a receipt that says Paid in full. If I go buy you a car, and my dad did this for me when I went to university, and he said, you need a car to, to go back and forth to school. And that Christmas, I opened up a gift, and in the gift was a uh, receipt that said, paid in full for the, uh, my little Pontiac Acadian. We called it the little white limo. It even housed my little family because we had it many, many years. And that little white limo was paid in full. I never went and got a loan for that car. I had a receipt that said it was mine. Jesus has given a receipt to the world that healing of our bodies, this is super important, guys. It's super important for us to understand. So healing belongs to us. Who paid for it? Who paid for it? Right. It's always the right answer. What's black has a big bushy tail? Jesus. No, only in Sunday school. Jesus paid for our healing. So if we're trying to pay for it, it's like you've gone out to get the loan for something you already own. If we are not contending for healing, Jesus is getting ripped off. He paid for something that belongs to him, and he has given it to us. Let it sink in. If we're not going to be the church that contends for this, we're allowing Jesus to be ripped off. I'll, I'll let that sink in. I feel like I, I, if I push on I can feel it in there. If I push on that, but let that, we'll, we'll, come, we'll circle back around to it. With great, Acts 4.33, with great power the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord. Great grace was upon them. Great power, great grace was upon them. In a court of law, you call witnesses to establish an event. The witness gives a representation to the facts. Your testimony and my testimony gives a representation to Jesus, and there's great representation of Jesus saving souls. But as a church, and I think we've done a pretty good job, and we're going to do a better job, but I need to be candid. I do not think we are giving Cornwall and Regent a good representation of Jesus as the healer. 
We are giving a good representation that he saves our soul from sin. I don't think we're doing well. That's not a judgment. Please, there's no shame on that. I'm just saying I want us to get ready because I'm thinking just like there was a seasonal change seven years ago when something blew up. I'm telling you right now that God is about to break in on us. He spoke it and dropped it this summer and said, contend for my presence. Want more than you have. Tell them, what do I miss the most about this whole COVID thing? Getting in a room and seeing the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. I'm telling you today, he's resetting us right now. This is a season and a time. And he said, I started something, but I'm not done. I actually believe that's why the stupid furnace got retagged. He's saying, I'm not finished with you yet. We need to fully represent who he is to a world that is going to so need freedom in their emotions and their minds. There's so much pain right now. People that need to be freed in their bodies. Simply an observation. I think we can do a better job demonstrating who he is. Let's move some fences. Three quick points this morning. Number one, this is just an introduction. We're going to be talking about this in the days to come. Healing is not an extra. It's part of who Jesus is. If we don't represent him as a healer, then we're not, he's not fully being represented. Jesus, when he did miracles on the earth in his ministry, didn't do them to go, hey, I just want to prove I'm God. Everybody, I just want to prove I'm God. Zap, see, I'm God. Zap, see, I'm God. You take away from the healing ministry of Jesus if simply it becomes a proof of who he is. It's not, it, though, though, though it did prove who he was, that's not why he did the miracles. He did the miracles because that's who he is. That's who he is. He is the healer. Exodus chapter 15, 26. God speaking, I will not bring on any of you to the children of Israel the diseases that I brought on the Egyptians. For I am the Lord who heals you. This is a profound verse. It's an I am saying. I am. He said, I am who I am to Moses. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. I am the light. I am the door. I am the resurrection of life. I am the truth. I am the vine. These, these doctrinally, we call these the I am statements. is isn't I did healing. I do healing. It's I am healing. And so the Old Testament translates it uh, literally Jehovah Rapha. And it just says, I am God. I am the healer. There's no other way to translate it. I don't, so I do healing. I am healing. Say I am. Important. Let that sink in. Number two, it's who he is. Let's represent who he is. He's the healer. Number two, sickness is not what God wants. Another fence. Well, God uses sickness, Pastor. I was sick and God really spoke to me. Awesome. Let God speak to you when you're healthy. Um, will he comfort you when you're sick? Yes. Does he give you the sickness? No. Is it God's will that somebody is sick? Absolutely not. Not here anyway. What kind of father would want his kids to be sick? God is our Father. A man with leprosy, Mark chapter 1, verse 40, came and knelt down in front of Jesus. It's interesting that it's leprosy. My time's up already. I'm just getting started. It's interesting that it's leprosy. Very, very important. Leprosy in the Bible. People thought if you had leprosy, you've got sin. You got sin, you're being judged. 
Too bad, Mr. Leper. Go to the leper colony and die. We'll never remember you again. A man with leprosy came and knelt in front of Jesus. He broke some rules doing that. Begging to be healed. If you are willing, you can heal me and make me clean. If. Say if. That if is still being asked in church today. Is it God's will to heal today? Is it, Lord, we just pray for Roy's healing. If it be your will. Please never pray that way at Harvest. It's, it's, not, it's not a biblical prayer. That is a man-made prayer. And we'll talk about this to come up with a reason why not everybody gets healed. Just like not everybody gets saved. But let's not spend a lot of time trying to figure it out. Let's just keep getting people saved. Let's not try to figure out the mystery of healing. Let's just demonstrate that he's the healer and move the fences. We'll talk more about that. Move with compassion. Jesus reached out and touched him. I am willing. Enough said. It's God's will to heal. There are no ifs when it comes to the will of God and healing. Number three, if the team could come back, but just stand quietly because we're going to watch the video one more time. Number three, healing is a part of the Great Commission. Thank you for being patient today. We're going to go just a little bit longer today. He told them, go into the world and preach the gospel, the good news, to everybody. Say everybody. We're preaching to everybody. Anyone who believes... So there's the anyone, not everybody will believe then. But God wants everybody to believe. There's the mystery. Don't understand it all. I'm not gonna, but I'm not going to build fences around this for sure. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. These miraculous signs will accompany those who believe. They'll cast out demons in my name. They'll speak in new languages. They'll speak in tongues. They'll be able to place their hands on the sick and they will be healed. Healing is a part of the Great Commission. Go in the world, preach. What's the message? Jesus saves body, soul, spirit, mind. He saves it all. When we get saved, we're in a position to receive everything paid for. Enough said for today. I um, would like to make available a book today. Just before we, I want to watch the video one more time. I think we started with it. I think we need to end with it. Uh, Pastor Dick DeLacio has written an amazing book called Daring to Touch the Hem of His Garment. Uh, I want to bring it to your attention. I had the greatest privilege. He wrote it in 2012, second printing in 2015. I had the greatest privilege to write the foreword. Let me just read a line, a couple lines out of it. A number of years ago, I sat with Dick and Margo to ask them what their dream was. I believe every Christian should have a dream a God idea that's incubated in your heart and comes forth as a manifestation of your destiny calling in the kingdom. I remember listening to Dick and Margot's dream. Their God idea, the physical and emotional healing, should be a common part of our salvation experience. A doctrine of healing was in our church foundation and value system, but it was not being experienced at the level that scriptures tell us it can be. Eugene Peterson has paraphrased Jude 1.3 this way. Dear friends, I've dropped everything to write you about this life of salvation that we have in common. I have to write insisting, no, begging, that you fight with everything you have in you for this faith entrusted to us as a gift to guard and to cherish. This book was written to contend for healing.
This book will stir your faith uh, to dare to believe for your healing and the healing of those you are praying for as you reach out to touch the hem of his garment. I like the green shirt people. This is an in-room only offer, please. Sorry, online people. I just don't know how to do it. I've got 30 copies that I want to give away to the first 30 hands that go up, um, and and they'll just take care of this. Put your hand up. Don't put it down until you get a book. Uh, If you would like, you can have uh, an extra one if you will give it to someone that is praying for healing, all right? And uh, so thank you, Pastor Dick, uh, for this great gift to our church and to the body of Christ and for contending for healing. And I know there's a, a Margo and Dick, thank you for keeping this flame alive. And I know you're standing with us in these days because God told you you would see it with your eyes. You would see it with your eyes, and you're going to see it with your eyes here at Harvest. Um, and uh, let's watch this one more time before we close the service. Hello, my name is Deborah. I'm 22 years old, and when I was 15 years, I was at home playing piano, and I started to feel something different at my legs until I fell, and I didn't feel my legs anymore. So I went to the hospital where I stayed for a really long time until they found out that I had an uh, autoimmune sickness, and I would never walk again. So... It was a really hard time for me and for my family, but we still believing that God could work in that situation. So one weekend, Pastor Danny and Giselle came to Curitiba, and they were ministering at my church, CCC. And Pastor Danny came to me, and he started to prophesize and pray for healing. I believe God wants to restore you. Eu creio que Deus, que o Senhor quer te restaurar. God wants to raise you out of this chair. Ele quer te levantar dessas cadeiras de rodas. I don't care what the doctors say. Eu não me importo com o que os médicos disseram. Doctors can say that this is permanent. Os médicos podem dizer que isso é permanente. But God says it's not. Mas Deus diz que não é. So I'm going to lay hands on you. Então eu vou impor as minhas mãos sobre você. And believe that God. E creia que Deus. Is going to cause strength to come to your body. Que Deus vai fortalecer o teu corpo. The Holy Spirit is the one that does the work. O Espírito Santo é quem faz o trabalho. I'm just called to be obedient. Eu só fui chamado para ser obediente. Tell you what God spoke to me. I speak strength over your spine in the name of Jesus. Eu declaro força agora sobre a sua espinha em nome de Jesus. I speak the anointing of the Lord Eu eu declaro a unção do Senhor sobre as suas costas. The fire of the Holy Spirit. O fogo. At that moment that he was praying, I started to feel my spine on fire. I hear the Lord saying, Deborah, get up and walk. And her legs will become strong. She will walk. E ela vai andar. She will walk. E ela vai andar. She will walk. Ela vai andar. O Espírito do Senhor. E ela vai andar. Jesus, no nome de Jesus, 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 você é curada, você está curada, anda, anda todo esse caminho, anda todo esse caminho, todo esse caminho, vem comigo, vem comigo, Oh, dá louvor a Deus nessa noite 
adora o Senhor yet he wants to do some miracles and he's going to start in this house this morning come on online our prayer team's up here they are properly clothed for praying for you and what you're believing in this morning and if you're comfortable come on up and get prayer because God is not finished yet He's not done with you. He's not done with your circumstance. He's not done with you and believing. You know, God is the God of miracles. And just like we saw on that video this morning, that he can do anything. Nothing is impossible. Come on down and get prayer. It doesn't matter how small you're believing or how large you're believing. If he can raise a girl out of a wheelchair where the doctor said you will never walk again, he is capable of anything. Let's just believe this morning. I've got a whole bunch of prayer requests. I'm going to just start praying for them. Father, we just believe this morning, God. God, for Caitlin, for her head pain. God, we pray that the doctors will be able to identify what's going on. God, for Tom, for a quick recovery from a stroke. God, a stroke cannot destroy Tom, but God, you can raise him up. Father, we pray for Allison Prue's grandfather. God, he's in the hospital. We pray for peace over the whole Prue family this morning, over their grandfather. God, for Suzanne to have a quick MRI for a torn meniscus. God, you are able to do anything. You are able to move the biggest mountain. God, you're able to go into the deepest valleys. God, you are a God of miracles. Father, we pray for anxiety. God, as COVID is, is messing with people's mental health, God. But God, you can just reach in, God, and calm that storm. Father, I pray for this husband, God. Sandra's husband, who is in the hospital. They're saying he's dying of cancer. But God, you can reach down. 
God, you can heal him. On the spot, God, we pray for this man, God. God, I pray for the city of Cornwall. Father, you're not done with us yet. Little old Cornwall in the middle of nowhere. God, I just pray that there will be a revival in our city. God, that you will reach down. Father, you will start touching hearts. God, you will start touching mental health. God, you will start touching anxiety and depression. God, that you will bring clarity to minds and peace to hearts and peace to homes. Father, I pray for marriages where Satan is trying to infiltrate. God, that you will come in this morning. Father, I pray for families. God, I pray for healing of families. God, healing of marriages, healing of minds, healing of bodies, God. Because, Father, you're a God that heals and you're a God that touches. And, God, we just need to trust and believe. Father, we just thank you where you are. God, you are here in this place this morning. God, you are here in a mighty way, Father. And we thank you, Jesus, that you just show up. You just have a way of showing up, God. Father, we continue to pray for all these people at the altar, God. Father, that healing will flow. God, that peace will flow. Father, we just love you so much. If you have a prayer request this morning, if you're believing for anything, text, leave it on the screen. Call the office, leave a voicemail. But make sure we get your prayer request so we can stand with you, and we can believe with you, and we can pray with you. Remember to register for next week. We just need to uh, keep registering so we know we're staying within the mandate of what we're allowed to do. We want to be stewards of good faith. Remember for your giving, how you can do that. You can go to hcfcormall.ca slash give. Give in the drop box or text any amount to 84321. Keep an eye on your social media. That's where we put all our updates. Um, your Facebook your Instagram. Karen's on the ball for getting that up on there. Remember, you can also register downstairs. There are people down there and keep registering so we know when we have to go to two services. Head on over to hcfcormall.ca slash register to do that. Well, church, I think it has been an amazing day here at Harvest. Do you agree? Come on, online. We love you. We miss you. We know that God is on the move. He's got great things in store for us. We love you. Be blessed. Have an incredible week. And we'll see you back here next week.